so I've managed things that I didn't even dare to dream of. We played Glastonbury Festival, you know. I mean, this is I've been on stage at Glastonbury, but you know, um, something I've been to for decades as a you know punter, and, and that's superb. The DJs that I've worked with are just jaw dropping. These are people that I've, I've hero worshipped for years. I'm and here they, and I'm chatting to them, and you know, we're doing the pictures of you know DJs pointing at one another photos. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, brought to you by Startup U, inspiring, educating, and connecting the startup community to help you make a full-time living doing what you love. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, Virgin mentor, and founder of Startup U, the regional delivery partner for Virgin Startup. Each episode provides the story of an entrepreneur who talks us through their successes and failures. You get to take on board all of their learnings and none of the failure. This podcast is brought to you by Barclays Eagle Labs. National network of Eagle Labs provides entrepreneurs, individuals, and ambitious businesses with the space, tools, and confidence to innovate and scale. Barclays offers co-working and office space, structured mentoring, events designed to help businesses grow, industry and corporate transformation, and access to new and emerging technologies. To date, they have 18 locations, helping 378 businesses with 1,380 co-workers. Go to labs.uk.barclays. Welcome to episode 108 of Screw It, Just Do It. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell. And on today's show, I welcome Hannah Saunders, founder of Big Fish Littlefish, an exciting music and dance party for the post-rave generation of parents and kids. So around six years ago, Hannah launched Big Fish Little Fish, the idea behind it being family events with the same fun, quirky and holiday vibe of summer festivals, but for a few hours on a weekend afternoon. Now, Hannah had two young children in quick succession and fell out of love with a job as Deputy Director of Policing at the Home Office, so, in her early 40s, she set up Big Fish Little Fish, aimed at parents keen to recreate the fun they had before having a family, but with their children now in tow. Events showcase great music, played by world-class DJs in proper nightclub venues, but with lots to keep children interested and amused. So, a very interesting proposition. For a bit of background, I'm a huge dance fan, particularly trance music. Listen to Armin van Buren's State of Trance every week without fail at least two or three times. Also used to go to Ibiza pretty much every summer, been to opening weeks, been to closing weeks, had villas up in the hills, had cramped apartments down in Playa in Bossa for stag do's, literally anything and everything on that island, um, including an epiphany moment a few summers ago when I took my kids and family holiday, buckets and spades, walking to the beach, something like 10 a.m., 11 a.m. in the morning, to be met by clubbers coming out of space, um, having just finished their clubbing at the same time I was going to the beach. So I was thinking, where did it all go wrong, Alex? But really, no, look, there's a time and a place for everything um, and a really interesting proposition that um, Hannah has put together. So I was interested in speaking to her about how she put a business together around this very idea. Before we dive in, I'd just like to get you to head on over, click the Facebook page, and we've got a brand new Facebook page, Screw It, Just Do It, where you can keep up to date with the latest 
episodes, also the latest live events, of which this week we've got our branding masterclass, a more hands-on workshop based in Bournemouth this coming Friday, the 15th of February. Also been adding speakers to our next two meetups, uh, February the 27th in Bournemouth, March the 13th in London, where we're talking how to scale your food or drink business. Um, and I'm fully aware, as always, that we're now in over 100 countries, so most of you can't get to a physical event. If you can do, you just need to enter Screw It, just do it to get 20% off. Um, our first online um, course academy we've launched as well, starting March the 6th, um, which is our podcasting academy. Would love for you, if you have an interest in launching a podcast or growing one, to join us on that. But... Without further ado, let's chat to Hannah and find out how on earth she got into a business such as Big Fish, Little Fish. Let's start up. I started up this business in my early 40s. I was quite sort of late on entrepreneur, if you like. Um, and I had loved clubbing since the, since I was a teenager in the mid 80s um, and actually I was a teenager in the late 80s when acid house first happened mm -hmm. so I I actually went to Shoom you know there's uh, you know it's a bit like uh, going to first Woodstock there's a lot of people who say they went to Shoom but I genuinely did yeah. and um, I spent the whole 90s in London um, going to various clubs and, and you know all the free party raves and uh, going to Glastonbury and, and, and things like that so I just been my entire adult life immersed in dance music as my way to enjoy myself and and be with my friends um and it's always just been something that's what I want that's what I enjoy mm -hmm. um it wasn't anything that I did for my actual day-to-day -day job that was very different yeah um but it's you know and I, I'm not even a musician or a DJ or anything like that I just love dancing Mm -hmm. with my friends to great to great music and in you know a variety of locations like you know in the field or uh in, in a in a <laughs> famously once over in acton and it's disused aperture um <laughs> that's a highlight <laughs> the place the place is like once i once i raved in a, a hole in the ground that was going to be built on in edinburgh i remember one time <laughs> over it. the old new toys waste company lot um so yeah so i've i've uh right, I've, obviously been through I'd be her and uh, obviously the big clubs as well like you know your ministries and your fabrics mm. and uh, uh, you know cross and all the ones that, and sadly the ones that don't exist anymore yeah indeed um, so uh, yes so that was all it. so I've got a sort of down to my bones an enjoyment of dance music and club culture and raving mm. and, that goes back decades and were you connected that before you had the idea to do this were you connected uh, in any way shape or form other than as a customer with any of the the djs with the with the venues um promoters anything no. like that no not at all no huh. no i had friends i had friends, yeah it's, it's interesting um i had friends who worked in the music business and the promotional but they were literally uh, just my friends you yeah. know that's not what we ever talked about um and you know some of them were like part-time djs and and things like that but the, that it wasn't i wasn't properly connected no my my uh actual job was actually as a policy civil servant in whitehall um so i was you know that 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 was what i did for a living mm. um 
and I, I just had my mates that I went out clubbing with at the weekend. So it, it was very different. Um, so when I started uh, Big Fish, Little Fish Family Raves, it was going into a completely different world and environment than I'd ever worked in before. Mm. And how long had the idea been there? Had the idea been there while you were you working um, at Whitehall, or did that come well, after? I it was I. It's interesting. I was looking back the other day on sort of old emails, and I left Whitehall in the autumn of two thousand and twelve. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I, I looked at some old emails I sent to some friends um, where I say, yeah, well, perhaps I should do this thing about, you know, taking your, your kids out clubbing and, and uh, you know, a family rave. Mm. And that was back in 2000, literally at the point that I left my my job and said, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no idea. I thought at that point that I was, you know, probably go into another sort of job working for an organization Mm. but I'd already obviously started having this idea that perhaps I should do something different and set up a business and I had fundamentally this idea that I wanted to take my kids to something based on what I've always enjoyed doing and I couldn't find anywhere else in the field of family entertainment Mm. Um, and then I think I started putting sort of real meat in the bones probably in about January 2013. Yeah. Uh, and then our first ever event we ran in July 2013. Um, yes. And, and was it as simple as um, the vision, the mission, um, having a rave with your children? Yes, it was. Literally, <laughs> that, you know, post rave so generation was, of parents um, that, that I can. Yeah. So it was, I, I've had, I had two young children and um, they were sort of one and three at the time. So once I actually stopped working in the civil service, I was doing all of the childcare, spending all, a huge amount of time with my kids, as you do. And uh, I was taking loads of baby groups and um, parent and child groups and things like that. And, and then occasionally there would be something like, a, they might have something like a, a baby disco. And again, I absolutely hated the music. So bear in mind, music is something so important to me throughout my entire life. And I would just go, why are you playing this awful, awful music? I had a child. I didn't lose my interest in, in everything that always means things to me. And, mm. and also at the same time, I, even from a very, very young age, I was taking my children, my, my whole family, with my partner as well. We would go to festivals. My daughter's first class to yeah. she was four months old. And what I saw there was an absolutely perfect environment for young children with all the amazing sensory things, lots of people, lots of fun, the sounds and the lights and the colours. And it was just lovely. And we could actually all enjoy that. But meanwhile, I was also being able to go to see bands that I enjoyed. Mm. It was just a great, great environment. And I just thought, right, that there's something missing there. Why can't, why isn't there something that's as fun as a festival for everybody, for the grown-ups and the little children, um, you know, all the rest of the time? Why is it always this, like, really, really babyfied stuff? Or even when they do try to make it a bit more appealing to the grown-ups, it's just very dull to, to, to me. So I thought, let's, let me create that thing mm. that I want to take my family to that I literally cannot find everywhere else. And it will be formed and it delivered so that I've thought it through about what I would, uh, me and my kids 
with, well, little babies, basically, toddlers at the time, um, would enjoy. Mm. So at That's... its heart, yes, it's a, it's a rave. And, and the, the other key thing about it really was not to be scared of using the language of rave yeah. and just to, to, that's why the, the calling it a family rave was so important mm. nothing else is called a family rave um, and that's what it was about it's not just about the kids it's not just about the grown ups it's not just you know taking them down and playing grown up music and and they're all sat bored <laughs> um, but it's also not about just 100% child centric activities mm. so it- and that was it so that's why it's called a family rave recognising it's about both generations, or all generations, we have grandparents coming along to, um, enjoying the event. Um, but it is drawn from rave and club culture. Um, in- don't be embarrassed about saying that. No, indeed. It's interesting um, when you say that. I was chatting to um, a chap called um, Roger Woodall, who launched the Bournemouth Sevens Festival, which I uh, think year one was 5,000 people, and now it's um, 45,000 people 12 years on. It's going to be the yeah. 12th year this year. And when I asked him about setting up that Good event. Guy. He said, I literally like rugby. I like having a drink with my mates. And I, I, we just wanted to put them all in the field and stay there for a weekend, <laughs> playing rugby and drinking. And then I like live music. So we threw in some live music. And I was like, it's literally that simple, you know. It's literally that simple. And you just go, this is what I want to do. I can't do it anywhere else. Oh, I better just do that mm. then. And because I was no longer working, I had the time to just say, okay, well, let's do that then. And it became my plan A of what I was going to do with the rest of my life, which was quite a significant thing. Bearing yeah. in mind, I've worked in the civil service for 22 years. So to many, to a degree, could be seen quite institutionalized. Mm. Um, I, was, I was very good at my job and, you know, I did very well. And I was, but but it was a very different working in the public sector and a huge part of the public, you know, the home office is big and bureaucratic and all mm. the rest of it, all the things you'd expect um, to suddenly saying, Oh, I'm going to set up my own little business doing this thing that I've in the world that I've never worked in. I've got no idea about, yeah. but it's, the thing that I want to do, I can't find anywhere else. So I think there's something in this and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I take it when you when you um, did look, there was nothing out there doing remotely what what you no. envisaged. No. So, hmm. I mean, that was the thing. So I had I had a little look around. I mean, initially, just because this, I thought, oh, I really want to go to something like this. And yeah. there just wasn't anything there. So... Um, so yeah, so I just thought, okay, that that's fine. But also, it was weirdly, it always drew properly from that sort of club culture of togetherness and support and yeah. non-judgment and and loveliness and mm. together on the dance floor. Um, but it was never meant to be a small group of fifty people in the church hall. Yeah. So our very first ever party was three hundred people uh, in the pub at the end of my road. <laughs> Love um, it. So it was never meant to be small. And um, yeah. what, what were some of the first steps that you did? Was it a case of contacting um, potential venues and DJs? And what kind of reactions <laughs> did you get? Well, I had to have a sit down and I had to think about, okay, so what am I actually going to do? And uh, the the first thing I decided, well, this is what I want to do. And I thought that the first thing I need to do is I need to just tell people, I'm going to tell all my friends I'm going to do it because it's basically embarrassing myself into making it happen because it would be more embarrassing if I hadn't done anything. Yeah. So I, I, 
from starting to tell all my friends um, what was really wonderful. It was almost like I'd spent my entire life putting together a management team because they, they were all great. I had somebody who is a, a, a music lawyer who, because I, I was talking about, you know, I didn't know about music licensing. Do I need to worry about, you know, he talked about that. I had other friends who worked, who had worked in music promotions and they gave me that. So I started t- talking widely about all this and people started coming forward and helping and advising. And it was just, it was just great, basically. Um, and the, it, it then came, okay, well, Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it happen. I've embarrassed myself into making sure I have to do something now. <laughs> um, and let me find a venue. So, uh, and that was, as you say, this was the most, because nothing like this existed, I was having to go into venues and explain what it was. And they would just look at me blankly. Really? Um, and so to bit, educate them. Like, well, <laughs> Because so, they're all licensed venues, of course, you see. And I sort of walk in and I say, right, what I want to do is I want to run a weekend afternoon event for families, so grown-ups and children, um, and it will be playing music and it'll be like it'll be like a family rave and there'll be crafting, it'll be like a little mini festival. And they said, what, like a baby disco? I was going, no, uh, not like a baby disco. And they were going, so we'll just be selling soft drinks. I was going, no, you won't no. be selling soft drinks. You'll be selling the full bar range because I trust it. it's a two-hour party. People are not going to come and have a pint of beer and forget their parents. This is, <laughs> this is about enjoying it with your children. They'll still be responsible and it'll be great. But you can, people were a bit skeptical about the whole thing. Um, so but eventually, then there's, suddenly I realised, I was looking at um, Twitter, and I noticed that literally right at the end of my road, a building that previously hadn't been a pub was being brought into use as a big news or event and pub. So I contacted them, and literally and they didn't return my call. Uh, and eventually, I just doorstepped them. Mm. I, just, I just walked Only in way. and walked in and I said, yeah. please, can I get... So, and, and initially, because, uh, you know, I, that, was not the, that was not the last time that I doorstepped a venue because we now play in many venues and the rest of it. And now, now we get approached by venues all the time. Yeah. Um, nice. But to start off with, people were just like, what is this thing? You have no idea. Um, mm. So that first event, which was just carried forward with, uh, you know, sheer amounts of like, this is what's going to happen and please, can we do it? Um, so they, the public end road said, all right, there, yes, they were brand new. So they were looking to fill their program okay. and they, they took a risk, which was great. Yeah. Um, so we did that. I got some, I got some, uh, I, I spoke to my friends. I also, somebody I've been very friendly with online because we have children the same age and we just met through sort of, um, uh, mum's net actually um, uh, Natasha just said um, actually I'd like to help you, help you do this with some sort of communication and stuff I think it's great so we met we'd never met before and uh, so she got on board in terms of you know on, on the sort of marketing side of things mm. um, so then we we put some DJs and we just invited loads of people along we invited our friends we invited uh, shopkeepers we invited people we met on the bus um, <laughs> this is true this is absolutely true we invited people we met on the bus with babies awesome. um, and got them got, we also and this is what brilliant we invited a whole load of press as well. uh, okay. <laughs> and they all came along did they they literally all came along wow. and I was like alright oh, okay um, that and was key after that first event so that was brilliant 
went down absolute storm. And that was successful um, then. Uh, it was good. And so we had 300 people and it was brilliant. It was a boiling hot day. Everybody was sweating buckets. It's hilarious. Um, and from that, we got a two-page article, a two-page review in the Evening Standard, which Gold I then dust. took around <laughs> with me Yeah. <laughs> when I doorstep future venues. Mm. This is it. This is what I do. Um, and so we took it. we took it from there. That's fantastic. Um, so you, you can educate people just by handing them a copy of the uh, printout from the from the standard. standard. Yeah, exactly. And just to get um, um, a, a handle on how things have gone from one venue to where you are yeah. now, some five years later. How many um, events did you put on last year? Just to give our audience an idea of how how you've managed worldwide. to scale it. Yeah, worldwide. total. Uh, about, about 170 worldwide. 170. Wow. And how yeah. many did you do in year one then? Was that more like you know, half a dozen? Oh, or? oh no. The first year we did about 20. Oh, wow. So still substantial. Yes. So we, we, we quite, very quickly moved from... So I did one in July 2013. The second one was... We then had a break over the summer. The second one was... And it immediately... It wasn't just that we had the great press from it, but... Um, the people who came along really loved it too. And, and I just knew I was onto something because it struck a chord with so many people. And I could think, to my, I thought to myself, okay, it's not just me then. It's not just me and my family that this is for. Mm. It can work really well for a lot of people. Um, we get lo- we've got lovely Alfie on board to, do, to be the sort of creative side on, on all the crafting that we do. Um, and we also started, the DJs started talking amongst themselves about how lovely it was. And we mm-hmm. started getting um, really, you know, the, 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 the profile of DJs were coming on um, sort of exploded very quickly as well because they just said, you, you'll love this, guys. This is really good fun. Um, it's an re- incredibly appreciative audience. And, you know, you've got the surreality of, of little toddlers dancing to drum and bass. Um, and, and you can bring your own kids. Who, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. The DJs get to actually show what, to their own children yeah, what they do for a living, right? Yeah, that's awesome. And which is a wonderful, wonderful thing because their kids can't see them at two o'clock in the morning. Mm. Um, and it, that's super. And then the, and the, obviously the grown ups come along, probably not getting out very much anymore. And they're just, it's <laughs> just a lovely, joyous, shared experience. Um, it's, it's very much goes like the real heart of what Rave was all about, the, the, the happiness, the, the joy that it brings of, of dancing with you, your friends, and bunches of strangers, quite frankly. Um, so, and, and DJ's got that as well. And so we, we grew quite rapidly. Um, first of all, we grew across London. Um, so my, I think my third party was 800 people up in North London. And I was like, oh, is it going to work wow. in North London? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. Of course it does, yeah. Um, and then we, but people who were coming along were immediately, you know, so I think on our second party or something, a guy came along and he was running a festival, an indoor festival up in Coventry in that spring. And he said, will you come and play up there? And I was like, oh, gosh, how do we get outside London? So we did it. We did play the Coventry, there was a Coventry Festival in 2014 we played. So that was our first time outside London. And then that sort of the the authenticity of it being my story, and that's something I think is really important. It, 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 it's 
Big Fish Little Fish Fan Rose is it's me, it's my story, it's mm. it's creative from a real basis of authenticity. Nobody else has that particular story. It's mine, yeah. Um, and uh, it just drew lots of people in. Um, and people would just volunteer to come and work and do all sorts of things. Oh, I just want to come and be part of it. Or, you know, it was yeah. lovely. And we had regulars who were saying, oh, I'm back to, you know, meet in London. I'm going to go down and uh, work in Exeter. Could you bring it down to Exeter sometime? And I was like, going, well, uh-huh, it's a bit far, but, mm. but why don't you do it? Right. And so that's how we started growing, and that's how we've grown teams to deliver Big Fish, Little Fish, you know, at distance uh, across the whole UK. And and it's it's literally, it's people who sort of share share the story, if you like. Their Mm. parents, they love dance music, um, and that's how we've kind of pieced together um, these teams who deliver it, you know, up, you know, there's the, the Kirsty and Liam up in Scotland may deliver it from Inverness down to Gallifield, um and across, you know, various festivals and things. Um, we've got teams all over, and now indeed in Australia as well. And it was exactly the same really? thing. It was I didn't just know you were international. People coming together. No well, way. Yeah, we've been running in Australia for two years. Oh. Two years, I think. Um, and uh, there we've got we've got three teams, um, and they operate in Brisbane, Sydney, regularly in Brisbane, Sydney, uh, Melbourne, uh, Adelaide, and Perth on a regular basis. Right. Um, we've just we're, we're playing the Adelaide Fringe, which is a big deal down there in the next few weeks, and we've got and, and strangely. I have been able to meet some of these people. We've <laughs> met, we've met, and all the rest of it's lovely. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so we're active down there. We have had the opportunity to travel abroad. So I did, uh, last year, we, we went to, we played it in an Athens festival, and they actually, we actually flew over there and played in Athens. And I was thinking, gosh, do you think the Athenians will get it? Well, hmm. they certainly did. It <laughs> was marvellous. Um, and I had DJ Food Play, who actually was the, the first really, really big name DJ we had play in September 2013 in Brixton, actually. So, and then he played us in Athens. So you've very much been able to grow it organically then, rather than going, this is the vision, I yes. want it in every city in the UK. Let's go out and do a big fundraise and let's appoint regional managers. Hasn't yeah. worked like that. It's no. just, it's, oh. it doesn't work. It works much better organically. Uh, and it's because I think we, we it, it really means something to people, Big Fish, Little Fish. Mm. And I think, you know, it. yes, we do all your usual marketing through social media channels, this, that and the other. But the very strongest marketing we have is, is through word of mouth and people who come to our events. Right. And that's how we've also grown the organisational structure, mm. if you like. Uh, and it, it absolutely ensures both the quality of the event and the ethos about what we're about, um, about honesty and, you know, all, all, all these things are extremely professional. We have a massive emphasis on customer uh, satisfaction um, and uh, and customer service. 
um, and you know the honesty that we 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 deal with our customers as well. I think is really appreciated, and that's reflected in in the teams that deliver it as well. We all the, the different teams across the country, be they down in the southwest or northwest or Wales or northeast, you know, eastern east Midlands, west Midlands. I've just met, mentioned them all. Um, that they they all feel about their patch the way that I feel about big fish, little fish. It's like you know, it's like our other child mm. um and it's got a very strong sense of buy-in and, and um which we also get from the customers who who uh, who you know attend the events and, and if you manage to keep control of that ethos though rather than say going down a model of where you're you're franchising it or, or however you you do it sort of business model wise uh Yes, we we do. I mean, the, the 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 maintenance of that ethos is incredibly important to me. Yeah. Without that, uh, big fish, little fish isn't what it, it isn't isn't big fish, little fish. Mm. Um, and the authenticity of the, the journey and the story would be diluted. It just it just won't be the right sort of thing. And in fact, there ha- along the way, there have been a couple of people who m- might have been interested in being involved in some way, but I just didn't feel that they shared the same values yeah um and it just hasn't worked i've only actually worked with people that i feel that yeah you fundamentally get it mm. um and it's you know some of the outside london uh, regions like the, the southwest yes i think that's been running for uh, three and a half years now so they're not you know, they're, they're, these are all quite long run, and it's about three years with um, the Northwest as well. Right. So these are quite long-standing relationships now. We're all very good mates. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, we it did, makes we it didn't easier. know each other before, but we're good mates now. Yeah, um, very supportive of one another. So great chatting to Hannah. Um, we'd love to know: is there something that you can create? the thing that you can't find anywhere else. So maybe this is for you if you haven't started your business yet or if the one you've started has turned out to be not the thing that you hoped it to be. Maybe you can create that thing that you can't find anywhere else or you can improve what's already out there. Um, Can you turn your hobby into your full-time job? Sometimes it's a great idea. Sometimes it's not necessarily a great idea, but again, maybe this is for you. Um, if you haven't started your business, um, can you turn what is currently your hobby or one of your hobbies into a full-time job? Are there people out there who would pay you um, for that service or product that you're going to create? And lastly, um, I love this one. Embarrass yourself into making it happen. Tell people about it. You've got that accountability then. You have to do it. You literally have to screw it to do it. Um, You've got to make it happen. So make that happen. Make yourself accountable. Tell people about it and just go and do it. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As I say, head on over to our brand new Facebook page where you can find out about our latest masterclasses, our latest meetups, and our first online academy as well. Our first online past podcasting academy head on over to screw it just do it on facebook as we rebrand um what we do so catch you over there have an awesome week
you like this podcast and you'd like the opportunity to attend one of our live events with some of the world's leading entrepreneurs, just go to startupu.co.uk and click on the events calendar. You'll be able to see our upcoming events calendar for the UK. Pick up a ticket from as little as £10, which includes complimentary drinks and the opportunity to meet and connect with like-minded entrepreneurs, find a mentor or an investor. You'll also have the opportunity to meet our speakers and ask them your burning questions in person. Hope to see you there. If you're an entrepreneur looking to start or scale their business, then I'd love to help you. Being part of the Startup You community means we can help you in a number of ways. Simply go to Facebook and find Startup You Club through the different groups on there and join. We can help you in a number of different ways through daily inspiration and education, through to accessing funding, investment and mentoring. In fact, pretty much anything that you'll need on your startup journey. And if you've got a great story that you'd like to share, then I'd also love to hear from you. Just go to startupu.co.uk, click on the contact page and drop me a message. I'd also love to connect with you personally. It's at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn and Twitter and at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. And if you enjoyed listening to this particular episode, then please subscribe and I'd massively appreciate a review. All you need to do is click on the ratings and review tab on iTunes and leave us your thoughts on there. Until the next show, remember, don't wait. The time will never be right. Action always beats intention. So just screw it. Just do it. This show is brought to you by RocketSpark, who make it easy for anyone to build a great-looking website. Each month, RocketSpark offer one lucky listener the opportunity to get a website absolutely free for the next six months to do some in-market testing of a new idea. Just go to rocketspark.com slash screw it, just do it to enter.